This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of WSFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Angela Tomlinson, and with us in the studio today is Father Christian Shu, the Associate Pastor at St. Gilbert's Catholic Church in Grays Lake. Father Christian was born and raised in Chicago and grew up in Chinatown or on the near south side. His home parish is St. Therese Chinese Catholic Church and he attended grammar school there. Father Christian then went to Kenwood Academy High School in Hyde Park and afterwards to DePaul University majoring in sociology. For fun, Father Christian enjoys traveling and visiting new places. He's been to China, where he climbed the Great Wall, and most recently he experienced an amazing pilgrimage to the Holy Land. He enjoyed singing, going to musicals, watching movies, and kayaking. Father Christian graduated from the University of St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein Seminary and was ordained a Catholic priest on May 19, 2018 by Cardinal Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago. He's currently assigned to St. Gilbert's Church in Grays Lake. And with us also in the studio is a longtime friend of WSFI Catholic Radio, no other than Tim Biondo. No. Hello, Angela. Hello, Tim. Tim is currently the marketing director at Habitat for Humanity. So welcome, Father Christian, and welcome, Tim. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So before the show, Father Christian, you were telling us a little bit about your vocation story. It's not like you grew up, uh, you came, then when you were a child, you just decided you wanted to be a priest and never looked back. So tell us your story. Correct. Well, you know, I always like to begin my story when I share that with others, that uh, I wasn't raised Catholic, and uh, but I went to a Catholic grammar school, St. Therese in Chinatown, as you mentioned. And my experiences at St. Therese were really powerful, and um, I left a lasting impact I would say of course most of actually most of my classmates were not Catholic but we had Catholic uh, religion classes of course we learned about the Catholic faith we had the school mass and uh, a lot of those memories really stayed with me and I and in particular I remember the school masses and going off to church with the school and uh, I remember the the prayers the songs in particular really resonated with me the music and uh, those were really fond memories and powerful memories that, that uh, made me in many ways feel Catholic at heart. And I would say by the time I graduated from St. Therese, I felt Catholic at heart, even though I wasn't yet baptized. So it was. A, what kind of songs do you remember? Well, you childhood? know, when I share this this story, I always mention, especially my vocation story. Here I am, Lord, by Dan Schutte. We sing oh, that at mass. Oh, I love, it. love that exactly. Song. That's a powerful song. It comes from, of course, Isaiah six, Isaiah's call story. But when I heard that again uh, later on, and I can continue with my story too. But when I heard that later on, as I was uh, as I was uh, in college, when I was in college, that really uh, moved me, and I felt God's presence in a very powerful way through that song. So it was as if he was speaking to you personally. Correct. Yes. So then where did you go from there? How did you go from there to being a priest? So I went to St. Therese, graduated from St. Therese. Then I went off to uh, Kenwood Academy High School, as you mentioned, for, um, for, for my four years of high school. And it was during that time, in particular, I would say my junior year, that this call to service that I did have, I left St. Therese feeling this call to service. I wanted to help others. I wanted to make a difference. And by the time I, I entered my junior year at Kenwood, 
that call to service manifested itself in the sense of uh, this interest in law enforcement and becoming a Chicago police officer. Thought it could help and make a difference mm -hmm. and help people in that sense. And also uh, in Chicago at the public schools, we had uh, at Kenwood, we had two Chicago police officers who are assigned there as part of the school patrol unit. And seeing them day in and day out, that they're there to protect us, to keep us safe, even in the small ways in which they helped to greet people or to give directions to visitors or parents, really left an impact on me as well. And I said to myself, yeah, I can help people in that sense. So that was appealing at the time. And so I graduated Kenwood Academy with that thought in mind. And then I went to DePaul University and uh, again, just being back in a Catholic environment kind of spurred within me this interest to reclaim some of those roots from St. Therese. So meaning taking some Catholic studies or religious studies courses as electives, which I did. And that was great. I, I began to learn more about the faith again. But still something was missing. Something wasn't quite satisfying. And it was in my junior year. It seems like everything happens in my junior year. During my, <laughs> it happened during my junior year. But um, during my junior year at DePaul, again, I felt this desire to go back to prayer. And I went, I, again, I prayed again, and, it, and I discovered that it was God missing in my life. And, and that was a source of, uh, of, in a sense, that sadness that I experienced. And one night, I remember, as I mentioned that song, Here I Am, Lord, I remember going home and uh, going on YouTube and typing in that song, Here I Am, Lord, and hearing that again, really, it brought me to tears. It was a powerful encounter with Jesus. And that certainly, Isaiah's words became the prayer of my heart that I des certainly desired to, to, uh, to encounter Jesus, to have that relationship with God, and then to also give myself in service to God, to the Lord, whatever that might be. But that was a powerful moment, and um, just hearing that song again really uh, gave me that encounter with Jesus, which I'm very, very grateful for. And also with that, kind of spurred in many ways this, this, this tug in my heart to become Catholic. Wow. And so I was a junior at DePaul, and uh, of course as an adult, I went through the RCIA program. And I went through that at St. Therese, at my home parish, a place I've always called home and considered to be home. So it was awesome to be back there for the RCIA program. And I would say after really becoming Catholic and, of course, that, that beautiful Easter Vigil liturgy, very memorable, of course, and uh, when I received my sacraments of initiation. But then afterwards, too, just getting involved in my home parish in many different ways, uh, certainly helped me to uh, encounter the Lord again and the my home parish pastor Father Francis Lee who's who's currently pastor of St. Therese he became a great mentor and he took me under his wing I was I began to go to daily mass I began to afterwards stay and help him in the office with different administrative tasks he took me with him to the hospital when he went to visit sick patients to anoint them I got to serve at funeral masses at the parish in the morning and then go with him for the committal at the cemetery. It was just these, these powerful experiences that, as I took to prayer, that made me feel God calling me to a new path of service and, and to the priesthood. And, and one day in prayer, I just, the thought of priesthood came to mind. And w when that happened, I did feel a sense of peace 
and joy in my heart. And I certainly took that as a sign, as, as, uh, as a sign of the Holy Spirit leading me on this new journey and this new path of service. Wow. Father, yeah. what, what religion were you, as, what, what were you brought up as? Well, no particular religion. So uh, my mom was Buddhist. She's now Catholic. And, uh, <laughs> She's I, Catholic Good job. I had, <laughs> no, the funny thing, is, and it's still surreal, I had the great privilege of baptizing my mom as oh, a deacon what a this past Easter vigil. So she's Catholic now. <laughs> but, you know, my Amazing. parents uh, sent me to a Catholic grammar school. And uh, so my mom was Buddhist, but I really, I, I didn't learn much about the Buddhist faith. Um, I went to a Catholic school, and uh, if anything, I felt that connection with Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And what about your dad, Father? My dad, he believes in God. He's not with any particular denomination or, or is or practicing uh, any particular religion. But he believes in God, and he's uh, very, uh, very open to Catholicism. So I certainly believe, of course, the Holy Spirit's working always in, in many different ways. Yeah, no question about that. One of the things you said, Father, was that you experienced some powerful things, but you felt God through the Mass, but you said you felt God was missing in your life. How do you mean? How, how do you mean you felt he was mis- something was missing and you felt that was God? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. As I think back, and, and that's some years ago, but again, I mentioned, as I mentioned, I felt... Uh, a kind of sadness. I wasn't happy. Um, I, I did want to make a difference. I did want to serve and help people, but there was just something, I think, deeper that goes into the spiritual side, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I certainly think of Augustine famously, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that maybe best captures what I was experiencing. Sometimes I think words can't even articulate the movement of the soul as we're yearning for God. And I just I just knew something was missing. And I'm grateful because St. Therese, my grammar school, taught me to pray. And at that, at that time, it was at some point during my junior year that I decided to go back to, to return to prayer. And that's when I encountered the Lord in a powerful way. What did you find exceptionally powerful about the Mass? You said you, know, you, you experienced some things and you felt some things. What, what is it that you, you felt? As a student, as yes. a Therese, you know, I would say it's. It would. I would certainly the music because music has become a very important part of my spirituality and my the way I pray, and I would say the songs and the the music, the words of those songs as we give praise and glory to God, and also a lot of those songs can be petitionary in the sense that we're also asking God for for His grace, for His strength. So the music, certainly the prayers. And uh, and even the rituals of the mass, uh, that was I would say as a student who wasn't Catholic was interesting, and mm-hmm. even wondering like what's going on or learning more, of course, about the different parts of the mass. And it's funny because now we do teaching masses at St. Gilbert. So, <laughs> so, but even back then, I would say, well, back then it was very interesting to uh, to uh, be exposed to different parts of the liturgy. Oh, fabulous that God was working even before you had made a commitment. Well, even that, even the St. Therese, isn't she the patron saint of priests? Mm-hmm. She has this, or I don't know if she's a patron saint of priests, but she has a strong, is it Therese a little flower? Correct. So uh, she's the patron of, of missionaries. Missionaries. She, she's, she's, she always wanted to go to China, interestingly. But really? she didn't have that opportunity. But uh, we're the Chinese mission or the, the, uh, the apostolate for uh, the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, St. Therese in Chinatown. So that's how St. Therese t- uh, uh, took her name because it actually, originally, it was Santa Maria in Coronada. 
it was an Italian parish in mm -hmm. Chinatown. And uh, in the, uh, I believe around the 1950s, uh, that parish, then there was a name change and it became St. Therese as the parish was, was, uh, was drawing uh, immigrants, and especially from uh, the East, from China and other parts of and, uh, Asia. And she's my patron saint. I was awesome. going on her feast day. But I know at the seminary that you were at, isn't there that beautiful statue of her at uh, St. Mary of the Lake? Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yeah. St. Therese is, uh, is by the, uh, is by the uh, chapel, the main chapel, as you're going towards the refectory. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I remember when uh, Bishop Barron was rector that uh, yes. saying he brought St. Therese to that nice prominent location. Yes. What was that like for you, Father, your journey at the seminary and your studying there? What was your what was it like for you to study at uh, University of St. Mary of the Lake? You know, I have many fond memories, many, many happy memories of m being at Mundelein, uh, newly ordained. Uh, I was ordained on May 19th by Cardinal Supich at the cathedral. And uh, I loved Mundelein Seminary. My time there uh, was a phenomenal experience, uh, an amazing, amazing journey. And uh, certainly one of the things that always stands out when I think back on my experiences and just the six-year journey at Mundelein, I did two years of pre-theology, so the philosophy component, and then the four years of theology. But really the community really stands out as an incredible gift and blessing as we're journeying together uh, toward the priesthood. And you really develop uh, friendships there that are lasting, and that's been a great gift from God. And you stay in touch with your classmates? I do. Oh, beautiful. Yes. yes. Uh, now, how many graduated from the Archdiocese of Chicago? So you graduated? Uh, we, were, uh, we were eight uh, for the Archdiocese of Chicago. Beautiful. So one of the things you talked about was service, and you, and you served as a police officer in the past. What other service have you done? So I wasn't a, a police officer. I was a... Uh, Studying to be a police officer. Yeah. I was a Chicago police cadet, which was, mm -hmm. uh, I would say, like an internship, if okay. you will. So I was in college and also working part-time at, at different uh, district stations and units of the Chicago police. So that was a neat experience. Also, I would say, uh, good human formation because certainly you're in a public role and you're meeting uh, and, and helping uh, a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. So that was an awesome experience. Also though, what else? the other thing I did after graduating from DePaul, I served at, De at DePaul University as a public safety officer. I was still interested <laughs> yeah. at the time in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I, after graduating, they were they had a spot open in their public safety department, so I, I took that and, and served there a couple years. Wow, excellent. What type of service in the future would you like to see f uh, for yourself or at St. Gilbert's? You know, I certainly love the parish, so being a parish priest has been an amazing uh, journey. I've been a priest now for uh, nine months and a day. <laughs> so happy anniversary yesterday thank you um, it's been an amazing journey and uh, even in this short time and I love being at the parish St. Gilbert is an amazing amazing parish very vibrant parish and, and uh, a great community but one thing I'm certainly interested in passionate about is uh, is uh, young adult ministry ministry to our youth and to our students so for instance even uh, school chaplaincy or being involved in our schools would be uh, an awesome ministry that I would love to do Excellent. Well, you're going to take a short break right now. You're listening to the voice of Father Christian Shu, And Father Christian is the associate pastor at St. Gilbert's Catholic Church here in Grays Lake, Illinois, which is my home parish. And with us is Tim Biondo, and we'll be right back.
Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WSFI 88.5 FM Spotlight. It's our pleasure to have Father Christian Shu, the Associate Pastor of St. Gilbert's Catholic Church in Grays Lake, Illinois. And he's brand spanking new. Father Christian, you're brand spanking new. You're just coming out of the seminary less than a year. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, also Tim Biondo, the Marketing Director of Habitat for Humanity, but a great friend of WSFI Catholic Radio. So, Father Christian, before the break, we were talking about your vocation story and you're just settling in at the parish. You know, one of the things that struck me is your interest in the youth. Mm-hmm. What's going on? I mean, the youth, everyone, all the Catholics, we want to reach the youth, but we don't know how to do that. What's going on in the heads of the youth and what, what, how can we reach out to them better? Well, you know, I think um, certainly young people want to know that they have a voice. Uh, that's what I find, and that they that that we, we value their opinions, their ideas, their thoughts, their creativity, and that we support and help to foster their gifts and talents because they have them. It's at St. Gilbert. We re- recently had a uh, school musical, The Wizard of Oz, that that was hosted at Carmel High School, and just to see our junior high students and how they performed wonderfully and seeing all of their different gifts and talents on display was amazing and that made me certainly so proud to be a part of St. Gilbert and proud of our students and I think that's that's important for us to see their gifts to really help them uh, to to foster those gifts and and to uh, let them know and to encourage them that they really can make a difference and transform the world that we live in and so for me why I'm so passionate and, and so interested in that ministry is, is it's certainly of course it's life-giving as so many other different ministries are but to be able to journey and to, as Pope Francis talks about accompaniment, to be able to accompany the, uh, someone on that journey as they as they grow older and as they as they uh, grow really comfortable in their own gifts, as they discover those gifts and talents, and then to use them 
to make a difference, whether it's in the field of science or medicine, in, in, in ministry in the church, as a priest or religious, whatever it might be. But to see that uh, come in a sense full circle is really amazing and a great blessing. Angel and I were talking earlier, and, and we both love evangelization, and that's what WSFI is all about. But I think it was St. Paul, someone correct me if I'm wrong, that said if you just listen to the word and you don't do it, if you're not a doer of the word, it doesn't really matter too much. And, and I'm really encouraged to hear you say that, especially with the youth. I've been on uh, several mission trips with youth, and I think they uh, can change lives, including their own, in that process. Absolutely. And I think, too, to make sure they know that uh, they have, again, a place in the church, that they, we need them. People, I think, we hear that adage a lot that young people are the future. Well, that's true, but I always like to say they're the present, too, right? They're the present. Amen. And we need to make that known and to also give them opportunities so that they can participate and have that voice. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. What types of things do you think appeal to, what types of activities and things appeal to, say, when we talk about youth, for example, what, what age group are you comes to your mind? Well, I would say probably, well, that can range. It depends. I think in ministry, it's often divided a, a bit. So we have a, at St. Gilbert, for instance, uh, the junior high uh, students, or the ju- a junior high group that, come, that comes and meets and we have uh, those, another group, uh, it's called Teens Growing in Faith, and that's for high school students. And then I just started uh, uh, with, in collaboration with Father John, our pastor, uh, a young, we just started a young adult ministry. So we also want to reach out to young adults as well. So I think at the parish level, I would say they're, they're divided into different, different age groups, of course. Um, youth, when I use the term youth, I, I would probably, I, the, the, the idea that comes to mind would be like our school students, mm-hmm. so the elementary school in that sense. Excellent. As St. Gilbert's done, are they doing any service projects now in the, in the school at all? Well, you know, they do. They help out it with uh, different things. So they uh, during the uh, even before the Christmas seasons, they, they helped out with with uh, with the pads. So bringing in uh, food and helping to donate to contribute to that. And there's also uh, the uh, I'm uh, blanking on the name of this place in Libertyville. Yes, feed my starving children. Feed my children. starving children. Yes, children. yes. 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 I know program, our teens yeah. help out with that, uh, and uh, and again, as as I mentioned, with pads. So there's different opportunities. I know in uh, coming up in the uh, summer, our teens will be going to the Catholic Heart Work Camp in Kentucky. So that's another uh, great opportunity, and I. I uh, plan to uh, join them for a couple of days too. And what's involved with that, Father? I'm not familiar with them. So they go around to different uh, places in the country and uh, in particular areas that are perhaps uh, impoverished or actually are in need of resources and help. And it's really a way to live out, I think, beautifully the the corporal works of mercy, really uh, living that gospel of being present and helping those who are in most in need, for instance. Okay, so that's beautiful, and I I think I was at your at St. Gilbert's when they had someone talking about that mission trip and how ex- the kids were just ecstatic, Tim. Yeah, mean, it's, just- it's so much fun. It's so empowering. And, and to go with their parish priest, I can't tell you how powerful that will be for them. Uh, it'll, it'll change their life. They'll never forget it. They'll talk about it forever. 
Thanks. So, Father, one of the things that you wrote about was this uh, Light the Night event at Prince of Peace. I think that Correct. that just happened recently. What was Light the Night? So, Light the Night, that happened uh, last Friday at Prince of Peace in Lake Villa, and uh, it started at Mundelein Seminary. So, I certainly remember that when I was a seminarian at Mundelein. And it's just an opportunity, an evening, where people can come out, learn about prayer, I think that's a question certainly on the mind of young people. Uh, one thing that they want, it seems to me that they want their priests to help them with this, like teach us how to pray. How do we pray? How do we uh, have this relationship with God? So that's, I think, uh, something that's on the hearts and minds of, of our youth and teens and young adults, and for that matter. And Light Tonight is an opportunity for uh, people to come to hear different testimonies about prayer and to pray and engage in prayer with actually the actual practice of prayer there there was adoration for instance praying of the rosary opportunities for confession for to, to celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation and an array of speakers who come and share their own testimony their own witness talk if you will or vocation story wow. and it's it's an opportunity for young people to hear those different stories and to see that uh, it, whether it's a religious person, a married couple, that uh, these are all important vocations and that, and that there's, I think, a common thread that we can all find in, in these different stories. You know, I think I remember Bishop Razzis telling me about that Light the Night. Was it, a, was it a lot of people that showed up, like hundreds of people that were at the Light the Night at the seminary? At the seminary, yes. I, I don't recall the number, but I know was, they were in the hundreds. In, it the, was hundreds. in the hundreds, yes. Yeah. He was so impressed with it. He was so impressed with seminary. So now you're bringing that out to parish. So there's a seminarian coordinator, uh, his name is Chris, that uh, that really is very much involved with that and, and, and certainly was a lead coordinator uh, at, for the seminary when the seminary had that. And uh, this year he was he partnered up with uh, Prince of Peace and wow. they hosted it this year. So I'm just wondering if there's someone in our listening area that has an interest in bringing it to their parish. Father Christian, do you have any idea about how they could follow up with that? You know, I would say contact uh, the seminary because, uh, again, Chris is a seminarian there that, that that would uh, be a good contact person. But if they reach out to Mundelein Seminary, they can be put in contact with him and uh, get more information about that. Boy, I wish we could do one here at the radio station. That would be phenomenal. What kind of speakers did they have? Were they just people from everyday life, or were they were the big name speakers? So I, I would say people just from, from different parishes uh, and uh, different uh, priests and religious from from this area. So I would say they drew in this case because it was more of a local uh, parish event just from the vicariate. You know, I went to the, it was an event that I bumped into you at, and I'm trying to think of his name, that was that Prince of Peace. Who was the speaker that we brought in at Prince of Peace that was... Uh, Christophonic. Was it Christophonic? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Chris that gym was packed. Chris Wasn't is excellent. Packed? Yes. Chris is He's excellent. He's a dynamic speaker, for sure. <laughs> and you see more of that in our area. You know, and then um, I think, well, P.J. Anderson, we were talking about, is coming on March yep. 8th. Paul Kim is coming to Kenosha. The youth Paul's great as well. Yeah. Do you know him, Tim? I've met him once, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Very funny. He's here on the, I think he's at the 22nd, February 22nd. Okay. Nice. At, uh, they have a KR youth group. Uh, with Rich Sosa that's mm -hmm. in uh, Kenosha, and that one's on the 22nd. And then there's another event that's happening on the 20th. I mean, you see all 
these oops, we see all these um, events popping up, the signs of life. And now you had someone from Dynamic Catholic at St. At St. Gilbert as well. Correct. Dr. Alan Hunt came Alan over. Alan Hunt. And Correct. you had a great group that was out there. Yes. Yeah, so there's lots of life in the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith here in Lake County and beyond, which is encouraging. And exactly, uh, it's just as you mentioned, because I think certainly we all know that we're going through difficult times in, in the life of the Church, and certainly uh, that, that needs to be addressed and, and talked about and to have that accountability, transparency, and certainly reform, absolutely. But I think it's also, as, as you're mentioning, too, uh, in the midst of, of, of that, it's easy to fall into discouragement. But certainly, we're an Easter people, right? We're, we're people of hope and resurrection and, and of new life. So it is exactly life-giving to also re be reminded of, of those moments of life and renewal and vitality and vibrancy that, that's also happening in our archdiocese, in this vicariate, at our local parishes. Yeah, part of what you're talking about, there is a lot of challenges in the church, but we're the church. And, and to change it, you get involved. And to Absolutely. do the things you're talking about doing, to evangelize and to change people's lives and to go out and serve people, I think it's phenomenal. I think absolutely. you're absolutely on the right track. I think it's going to be a long and wonderful career for you, Father. Thank and you. And Father, we only have a few minutes, but I have to ask you, what is the Jesus moment? Thank you for asking. You know, I, <laughs> I came upon this term recently, and I've been really, it's its something I'm also certainly passionate about, and I've been in, incorporating this into my homilies, and uh, if the Spirit so moves, of course. But I did use this and, and talk about it at the Light the Night uh, uh, Mass when I preached there. But Bishop Michael Curry, he's the presiding bishop and primate of the U.S. Episcopal Church, and he's, I, I always mention, he's probably most famous for preaching the sermon at the royal wedding. And he is very passionate about speaking uh, and talking about this Jesus movement. So what is this Jesus movement? Well, he mentions that first, it's one story, so your story or my story, encountering another story, which is Jesus' story. And then a new story is written. So we encounter Jesus and his life-giving, loving, and liberating story, his grace, his power. We encounter Jesus, we're transformed, and a new story is, rewritten, is written. Our lives are changed, our lives are transformed. We too become missionary disciples and also continue to go forth, as you're mentioning, to share that story with others. So in other words, Bishop Curry is saying that once we have and have encountered that life-changing, life-transforming uh, story of Jesus, once we encounter Jesus, then we're so moved to choose then to center our lives around the teachings of Jesus, to intentionally center our lives in the teachings of Jesus and to follow Jesus, and that's the Jesus movement he talks about. Wow. And one of the things he points out is what's at the core of all the teachings of Jesus would be would be love. I always think of Matthew 22. The, teach, the lawyer, the Pharisee says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And famously Jesus says, You shall love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself, right? All the laws, all the prophets rest on these two great commandments. And so Bishop Curry's point, which I think is right on, spot on, imagine a society in which we all try to live that love. And it's not easy. I'll be the first to admit. Mm -hmm. It's a radical idea of love. It's not a, a simple superficial love. This gospel Christian idea of love as Jesus presents and himself lives is radical and it's not easy. But imagine if we all try to live in that spirit of love, society and the world we live in would be transformed. You know, and, and on the other hand, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. 
I think the route that we're on now is what's hard. Mm-hmm. Very hard. Well, sir, there's nothing like serving. You know, I, I had this on my heart. I went through the Gospel of Matthew late one night. I was thinking about this to see what Jesus said about serving. Yeah. I counted over 70 times where he said, go serve, go heal, go help. Not just not just to to talk about it and i just think that's just absolutely wonderful and that is that is the movement jesus wants is to yeah. for you to go forward and help out that's that self-giving absolutely. sacrificial love of christ that that i think as christians as catholics certainly we're all called to follow and embrace no question well i can't believe it this half hour flew by i don't know if it did so for you too <laughs> but it, it was did absolutely absolutely so father would you give us your priestly blessing absolutely Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for our faith, for the gift of life, for the gift of all of our of the talents and blessings you've given us for our family and friends. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit to empower us to follow in this Jesus movement, to be witnesses of your gospel of love and mercy, and to be a source of hope and inspiration for those around us. And we ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So you've been listening to Father Christian Shue. I wish you could see him. He's so, Father, I, can I ask you how old you are? I'm 30. He's 30. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember 30. I have children who are almost 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Father's 30. Uh, we want to thank you. It was Father Christian Shue and uh, Tim Biondo from the Habitat of Humanity. That's all we have today, and we're signing off here at WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Thank you.